Jeff Howe's Longhorn Notebook. And so you were there to to witness uh, what the uh, players were talking about yesterday. And uh, I thought it was funny what Dylan Campbell said about, we have this bad feeling in our mouth. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> the soundbite played on local TV last night, and Linda said, shouldn't it be bad taste? It's a, little, it's a bad feeling overall and a bad taste. It's a little mixed mix metaphors, but it happens to all of us. <laughs> yeah. we, we tend to do that. I, I'll say this, though. The one thing we haven't talked about that I'm sure we'll get into, I'm sure you'll get into it tomorrow uh, when I'm not here, and you know we'll get into it leading up to Friday. What is this bullpen going to look like? Mm-hmm. Because David Pierce confirmed, didn't tell us the extent. I, I don't, I haven't heard officially, but the extent doesn't sound great. Uh, that David Shaw and Heston Toll neither will be available for the regional. That's correct. Uh, DJ Burke is in the transfer portal. Right. So there's another, but DJ Burke hasn't pitched since I think right. the end of April, but still, right. it's a bullpen hand. Uh, you also had Peyton Powell and Jared Thomas dealing with back injuries. So everybody got a chance to get healthy, but that bullpen, it was already shaky. So now I, we, we talked about it on uh, Friday, Craig, coming back from Arlington. If you're David Pearson, Woody Williams, I don't know what you do you know, to, to, if, to get somebody out of that bullpen that's reliable, that can get you an out when you need it. Now you're really at the point where, you're going to have to get really good offensive production and get quality starts plus out of, out of Lucas Gordon and, and LBJ. I did think it was interesting what David Pierce said yesterday in the in the regular media session about how he and Woody were going to get together to clearly define roles because he said, uh, you know, with all the mix-up for folks who said, well, shouldn't they have the define but not when you've had the – ongoing injuries and the ever-changing roles and LeBaron Johnson moving from the bullpen into the rotation and moving from the third game starter to the second game starter and the return of Tanner Witt. There's a whole myriad of reasons why. And who do you use to piggyback on Witt's start? If exactly. You, if you get to Witt, and yeah, it's, it's not ideal. So they've had to adjust on the fly to a lot of that. So that's what he said that, that they hope to do, like what they had in twenty one, where you knew there were certainly clearly defined roles. Is that if you, you you're either going to get one of Wit and or Cole Quintanilla, and then turn it over to Aaron Dixon in the ninth? That, that was a really nice luxury to have. Exactly. Uh, so as a result of that, you you wanted to. Uh, that's one of the things they want to make sure they have a better handle on going into this week. It's a it's a Louisiana team. It's batting two eighty eight. It's, it's there's not a lot of wall bangers. They sit, hit sixty six home runs total. Their leading home run hitter uh, Julian Brock has hit eleven home runs. Where they hurt you is once they get on the bases. A hundred and sixty one stolen bases in two hundred and eighteen attempts. They also feel very well nine eighty two. The fielding percentage. Uh, they had some um, some really impressive pitching performances. Uh, throughout the course of the weekend, but I had a couple of starters have to make second starts as well. I think the Longhorns will, in all probability, uh, can expect to see a right-hander, uh, uh, the right-hander uh, Jackson Nezu go, and uh, Nezu is uh, nine and five this year. And a six one four ERA. He's worked a lot of innings, eighty five innings, and he has ninety five strikeouts. Walk 32, uh, but he pitches to contact. He's allowed 82 hits uh, this year and has allowed 20 doubles. Only nine homers, but he's also hit 10 batters 
and thrown eight wild pitches. So we'll see how it is. Uh, you know, the, where they can hurt you, obviously, is offensively and uh, with their defense, the pitching, the Longhorns will have to try to get to the underbelly of that while having their own pitching work as well. And uh, meanwhile, as they go on the attack, you have Eric Kennedy uh, getting ready, fifth-year senior, last go-around for him. So he's been down this road in the postseason before. So in that media availability yesterday, he was talking about having one last opportunity with he and his mates to get back on the field in a postseason situation. You know, it's just opportunity for us to get out there and compete against three good teams, and I know we're all looking forward to it. These are the kind of environments, these kind of games that you sign up to play college baseball for is going to regionals and playing these kind of games. You know, it's, you know, it's going to be rockets there. It's going to be a fun environment, cool city that we get to go experience. So just really soak it all in, uh, take it one pitch, one bat at a time, and then at the end of the day, it's still the same game we've been playing since we were younger, so just try to not make it bigger than it is. and. Um, just go have fun and enjoy it. So, uh, anyway, there it is. The uh, go out and have some uh, fun and enjoy it. So that's that's what he's uh, what uh, what they're hoping to be able to do it. But by the same token, be able to attack what they're seeing. And, and like I said, the first and foremost thing is to zero in on uh, Louisiana. Get ready yeah. for a Cajun ball club that's been hot. Yeah, and you know. I think that the thing for David Pierce, this is what I really took away from yesterday, and the, and the players kind of said it too, they feel like those three games against West Virginia, they feel like that's really who they can be. That wasn't a fluke. That's really yep. who they can be. And I think that's kind of the the challenge coming off of Arlington, two pretty forgettable games where everybody to a man yesterday with a few days to process it. There were no excuses, man. They said, look, we just flat didn't play well and, and got beat by two teams that did play well. Um, so I think that's kind of the thing is maybe trying to figure out, okay, similar setup to this week, right? Didn't have a midweek game that week. So you've got some days to process and to plan and to prepare going into Friday. Um, whatever that was that you got going into more, going into that series against West Virginia, can you find that again? Can you rekindle whatever that was? Because Craig, and I asked David Pearson, he said, I 100% agree. I'm paraphrasing here, but I asked him after the Saturday win over West Virginia, I said, is this the most complete you guys have played all year? Before I even finished the question, he said, absolutely. Absolutely, mm-hmm. it's the most complete we've been all year. And I think that's kind of the frustrating thing is you go from that to what we saw in Arlington, and can you figure out, bottle whatever it was that you took into that series and take it with you to Coral Gables? I would also say this, too, and uh, David Pierce said it in the conversation we had last hour, and he said it before. When he got to conference tournament play, conference tournament play is the one thing that's different than anything else you do. It's different than the regular season, vastly different. It's different than than regional and super regional and in Omaha because you're really relying on your frontline pitchers. But unless your team, like say, TC was kind of on the edge of that, Kansas State definitely and Oklahoma definitely, you needed to really perform well in the conference tournament. Um, Unless that happens... You're not really in that same uh, situation. So coaches have an eye if they know they're going to be in the NCAA tournament on the regional. How do I want to set up my pitching? How do I want to rest them? Yeah, you, you certainly want to win. You'd like to win a tournament championship. But it's not the number one thing on the priority list. It, it, it isn't if you have a mind I mean, I always think of 2005. Uh, they left Taylor Teagarden at home and Kyle McCulloch at home. 
knowing those guys were banged up, but they didn't want to. Uh, Augie uh, and uh, and Tom Holiday did not want to risk something bad happening, worse happening. Leave it home. Let's do what we can. That's the tournament where Clay Van Hook wound up catching in in, in the deal, and uh, you know, it just you you kind of make some choices there, and in this case, because. Both Lucas Gordon and LeBaron Johnson had gone the last couple of weeks on one day's less rest and had actually done pretty well. They thought, okay, let, let's let's roll with it one more time, try to get a couple of wins to lock down being a host perhaps. Mm-hmm. And it didn't work out. And I think you could tell both were maybe a little bit tired, even though the, neither pitched horribly. Well, it's interesting, too, what, what, what Gino said yesterday when he met with us was he, because he pitched on Wednesday. I'm trying to remember the West Virginia series. He would have pitched on Thursday. That's correct. So basically, he said he used those couple days coming off that start as basically rest days. Didn't do what he would normally do leading mm-hmm. into a start, and then starting on starting this week when they got they got back on, uh, you know, took the bus back on Thursday. So he said starting Saturday, then he started to approach it like, okay, I pitched last night. Now I'm going to do what I would normally do on a Saturday to Sunday and. On forward. So the value is in the rest there, is my point. But it, That's not to excuse the bad play. That's just no, no, they, was, hit, yeah. they hit 175 as a team. Yeah. And so that has nothing to do with pitching yeah. there. You know, so that's, uh, I was only talking about it from the pitching perspective. They, they've got to be able to, they have to, and, 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 and uh, Ty Harrington put it really well when he was on with uh, Bucky and Aaron this morning. They can't, and all teams are in this situation, you cannot hang your hat on two out RBIs and two out hits. If you do, you're going to wind up short. That's like saying uh, that you're betting on your kids for your retirement to take care of you or whatever. To just, go, it's yeah. a, it's a, you're really running a risk. To go back to the basketball game last night, Charles Barkley made this point about the Celtics. He said when you look at the Celtics, they make a lot of tough shots. He said, yeah. but in this league – you're not going to get by on making tough shots. He said the teams that win, they're the teams that are able to get stops and turnovers and runouts and easy shots. Those are the things that add up. Yes, you're going to have to make tough shots, but you can't make a living off that. No, same thing also with two out hitting, you know, with runners in scoring positions. Yeah. You've got to get them home when you get them in the scoring position with less than two outs. I think that, that was a very, very important uh, consideration. I, I would like to see them really utilize a short game. You put pressure on the other team defensively because you've got enough speed throughout this mm-hmm. lineup to be able to do that. So you, I've said it, I've, I've said it ad nauseum. One, one of the first conversations I had with David Pierce when he took the job was he wanted an offense that can score in multiple ways, mm-hmm. and that's one of the ways you can do it. Yes, this offense they've hit the second most home runs in school history. Right, only only team that hit more was last year's team, but. I think they've got enough speed and and they can they've got enough guys that have some savvy about them on the base pass. They can put a lot of pressure on somebody yep. in the short game and in the run game. Yeah. And it would not by the way, would not surprise me because of the extended rest of both of his number 1 and 2 starters to see him flip it for the regional and start LeBaron Johnson against a predominantly right-handed Louisiana ball club mm-hmm. and then come back with Lucas Gordon against a predominantly left-handed hitting Miami team if they play Miami in the second game, if Miami knocks out the Black Bears of Maine. Mm-hmm. You know. uh, it's, it's interesting, too. We, we'll, I want to talk about more of this on Thursday, but yeah. LBJ is kind of his – especially if he starts that first game, we can get into it, but his yeah. evolution. I asked Pete Hughes about him after that K-State game, and he said 
He's been really good this year. He's at the point where you have to jump on his fastball, he said, and he throws it at such an angle, and it runs in on, on righties so hard. He said, your only plan is you have to hope he messes up. Yep. Yeah. That it's exactly. up and it's off. And he said, and we were just fortunate that we caught a couple of barrels and, and yeah. that's yeah. led to the one run they got off him. But that's that's the kind of that's the kind of mindset and kind of uh kind of year LBJ's had going yeah. into this thing, kinda of how he's evolved into a really, really good starting pitcher. Somebody asked, do the coaches call the pitches or the catchers? The answer is both. Uh they'll they'll do both. Also the pitchers have the right to shake mm-hmm. to it. And they do. Sometimes, if you're more comfortable, and all major league managers, I heard I was watching the Dodger game the other day. They were talking about this, and I've heard college coaches say it. They would rather have their pitcher throw a pitch that they, as coach or manager, would not have called if that pitcher is convicted in throwing and can throw it with more conviction than a pitch that they call from the dugout that the pitcher may not have as much confidence in. That's the thing, though. Like it, It's teaching guys to have confidence in themselves. Mike Leach used to do this, and all his quarterbacks have talked about it. There comes a point early in their time as a starter where he'll give them like, an audible to audible to a run at the line of scrimmage, and there's you know three, four guys in the box, and they'll run the pass play. He said, why didn't you check to the run? Well, Coach, you, you called a pass play first. He's like, no, they had four guys in the box. Use your brain. Check to the run. So yeah. it's teaching guys just to kind of take control of the moment. If you feel comfortable doing it, if you see it, don't be a robot. Be be coachable, but don't be a robot. Just go on your instincts. Yeah. Um, so, I mean, that's that's the, the real fine line uh, when it happens like that. So that, that, that would be the case. Uh, Stoner said, I mean, it's not surprising uh, – because EK spent half his life playing at Texas 10th or 11th year. He's only a fifth-year senior, but he has started in uh, all five years, basically, including the COVID year. He so, was in a yeah. signing class with Calvin Murray, so he's been, <laughs> he's gotten a good feel for this program. 